What up? We're on the Real Talk podcast with AJ. What's going on out there in the world today? I got my homie, fellow Grand Inspector General, Kevin McGee, Savvy Soldier, in the house, literally in the house. And uh, <laughs> we're going to get started right now. So, uh, Kev, why don't you go ahead and get a, get a people a little introduction bio about yourself before we jump into these topics. Good morning, everyone. My name's Kevin McGee, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Army veteran, did 24 years in the military. I recently retired, uh, and I just started cooking. I started my own uh, catering company, I own my own seasonings, just um, pursuing my passion and doing what I love to do. Married, four kids, two dogs, loving life, enjoying life. Mm, you got a lot on your plate, sir. Two dogs. What's the name of them dogs? Oh, I got a Can Corso. Her name is Brownie, and I got a French bulldog. His name is Hooch. Oh, okay. Both both puppies with you, or how how old are they? Hooch is five. Brownie is two. Well, since you the chef, do they do they get catered meals at home, or what kind of diet they on? They eat everything we eat. <laughs> <laughs> they eat everything we eat. Oh man, they, they are the... they are spoiled. Oh, okay, they living a good life then. They oh yeah, good. oh yeah. yeah. They, they 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 eat better than I am out here. <laughs> you might have to adopt me <laughs> come on i got you hey bro i got room <laughs> but on the real like i said people we're on the real talk podcast with aj like i said i got my homie chef mcgee out here uh you can check him out at savorysoldier.com he came out here to uh, cater my house one with party it was a fantastic success over, over the weekend. Everybody loved the food. So, Ken, why don't you get a rundown of the menu and, and tell us what kind of goes into uh, place here when, when you're doing a catering event, especially this one that was out of state. Okay, so for this event, we had um, collard greens with smoked turkey. We had mac and cheese, some Carolina red rice, fried catfish, fried ribs. We had my famous stuffed chicken wings i brought all four flavors i stuffed the wings with macaroni and cheese collard greens and rice boudin and dirty mm-hmm. rice and then for dessert we had uh apple pie and peach cobbler egg rolls mm. so it was a nice spread um to get prepared for an event like this the only disadvantage is not knowing what you have for me to cook with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. getting the food is the easy part but the the equipment you have, the pots, you know, that would that's the only thing that you don't know what you're gonna use when you come when you're a traveling chef. But great experience. I loved it. Uh the satisfaction I get when people taste the food and enjoy it and the compliments, that means everything to me. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh so I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate the invite. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come here and cook for you and you and your guests. But uh, it was a good weekend, very good weekend. Well, I appreciate that, sir. To the crowd out there listening, like I'm in North Las Vegas, so Kevin does travel. Uh, like I said, I'm going to keep plugging him, SaberSoldier.com. Please log on, check him out on Instagram, Facebook, check out his website. He's got some aw- awesome seasoning products out there. The first time I ever had uh, fried ribs in my life, boy, them things was the bomb, man. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like the innovation uh, with this with this stuff. Uh, Chicken wings. I mean, that, that's a meal in itself, right there. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So uh, let's talk about your passion for cooking. So w- when did this start? Uh, my passion started as long as I can remember. 
um, growing up, you know, my mom, my sister, my aunt, I was just a fat kid in the kitchen licking the cake bowls, <laughs> you know, snapping the peas, picking the greens, watching them cook. And I just fell in love with it. It, it relaxes me. You know, it takes me to a place where it's, it's only me there. And I just focus on what I'm doing. You know, it's, it's, it's very soothing to me. So I just love it. You know, I've been doing it for so long, ever since, since I, well, when I was in the Army, I just wanted to get out the Army and go to culinary school. That's always been my dream, to go to culinary school. So whatever happens after that, God's will, whatever he put in front of me, I do. But right now, my goal is just to finish culinary school and continue my catering here and there, uh, perfect my craft, meet new people, meet, uh, try new try new dishes, try new cuisines, try new ingredients, and just expand my palate. That's awesome. So, so what, what did you do in the military? Did you cook in the military? No, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, I, the, the crazy part was my first 11 years, I was combat arms. I was a Bradley guy. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Then they reclassed me to be a mechanic. I was a mechanic for the rest of my time in the Army, fixing trucks. Yeah. So I was never a cook. Wow. So we used to walk through the dining facility. For those of y'all don't know out there, we call it the chow hall. Yeah. But you, I bet you was evaluating the food while you All the it. time. I rarely, <laughs> I rarely ate at the dining facility. The only time I went to the dining facility, honestly, really, is for holidays or... As in the military, we know Thursdays is Soul Food Thursday, mm-hmm. and every defect across the military army, and that's really the only time I went or for breakfast. But other than that, I cooked in my room when I was living in the barracks. I always had me a, a, a fried daddy, a George Foreman grill, a hot plate, something. And then when I switched to be a mechanic, I was the motor sergeant in the motor pool barbecuing, you know. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sergeant time training, I'm barbecuing. Even when I was a drill sergeant, I was barbecuing. We go to the field. I always cook. Always. Yeah. Did you ever think about reclassing to be a cook in the military, or was that an option in the Army or not? No. I ne- no, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never wanted to be a cook in the Army. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> no. And why is that? Because of the hours, the underappreciation? Or- it's, it's just in the military... 92 golfs that's their mos in the middle 92 golfs are cooks right they don't teach them how to cook they teach them how to um mass production mm-hmm. so they're not learning how to make certain dishes they're mm-hmm. just doing mass production of army meals mm-hmm. how to make work in a defect they're not teaching them how to cook per se right right you know okay. what i'm saying so tell us about some of your uh, army experiences. You know, tell tell the people where you were stationed at. Was Ooh. your best duty stationed, or uh, what was the best dining facility you ate? Okay, so I did twenty four years, one month, and twenty seven days mm. <laughs> army. Right, <laughs> exact, <laughs> exact. So my best duty station, I would say, was Fort Carson, Colorado. Okay, that's cold but interesting. Yes, I love it's beautiful out there because Fort Carson introduced me to things that I never seen when I was growing up. Okay. Snowboarding, skiing, the reservations that's out there, going towards New Mexico. I got to experience a lot of stuff, cultural things that I didn't get a chance to see growing up in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um but the best dining facility that I've had was in Korea, Camp Wanju. 
That's up on the border? That's good. That's going towards I was in Area 3. Okay. Down from Camp Humphreys. It was a small base, only one it was an aviation base, only one battalion on the base. And the defect manager, he cooked his recipes. He didn't go by the army recipes. So when you came to the defect, you 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 got a taste of home cooking. Okay. In, in his dining facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to make this goulash. It's like spaghetti, like macaroni goulash. And nobody would eat it, but I grew I loved it. I grew up on it. <laughs> and he used to call me and say, Hey Mac, you you want this goulash, you can come get it. So mm-hmm. I go to the defect with my pot get a big pot of it, bring it back to my room. Mm-hmm. And on Friday night, everybody hungry. I'm good because I got goulash. <laughs> now everybody want goulash now. But um, I've been to server duty stations, Germany, Korea, Fort Hood, Fort Carson, Fort Riley, Fort Lee, Fort Eustis, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Fort Jackson. I've been to a lot, you know. Um, Fort Riley, yeah, I said Fort Riley. But um, I had a great time. Yeah, great time. Well, yeah. com- coming from a fellow veteran, I definitely uh, thank you for your service and uh, appreciate you you putting it all on the line. I believe you're a combat veteran. Am I correct? Yes, sir. I've been uh, deployed three times, one in Afghanistan, two to Iraq. Oh, wow. Okay, so well, what, what was the best food at? Uh, let me see. The best food? That's a good question. <laughs> I would say... My last deployment to Iraq, no, my second deployment to Iraq, mm-hmm. the food was okay. I was I was on a mid team, so okay. we got to travel throughout theater, throughout Iraq. So the food was pretty decent. The food was pretty decent. Afghanistan was horrible. Uh, my first Iraq deployment was horrible, also, but my second deployment, the food was pretty good. Okay, explain to the audience what a mid-team was. I was on a mid-team myself, but I'm, I'm going to let you break it down. So. Oh, okay. So a mid-team is a military transition team. So um, the Army came up with a program or a plan to put 9 to 11 senior leaders together, send them to Iraq or Afghanistan, and train the Iraqi or Afghanistan Army on how we do operations, via, uh, i.e., Class nine operations, supply, maintenance. Mm-hmm. So I was in charge on my team, the S4 slash maintenance section. Okay. So I was with 30, 35th Iraqi Brigade in Taj in um not Taji. Uh Al Rashid. Uh close to Camp Fob Hammer over okay. in Iraq. So I was in charge of the S4 section, me and my captain, my OIC captain, captain, captain gunner, and we'll go train the, the officer on on all logistics on maintenance procedures that how we use them in the US Army mm-hmm. and that was it really and each each team you had a personnel team a medical team mm-hmm. a, um, engineer team a security mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. and they trained the, the army on how we conduct business so okay. very challenging and did you find it to be rewarding? Did you see the fruits of your labor when it, when it was all over and you was coming back? Or No, sir, I didn't. Oh, wow. Okay, why is that? Because, so what happened, August of, what was it, August of 2009, a new SOFA Act went, in, went into effect. Mm-hmm. So before that, we can give, it was unlimited funding, unlimited funding. Mm-hmm. Once the SOFA agreement went into effect, 
we couldn't in order for us to give them any type of equipment funds or anything you had to get approval for that mm-hmm. once the iraqi army found that out they didn't want to do it they, they didn't want no contact with us anymore mm-hmm. so once i go i go to the motor pool and they ask me for instance let's say for a transmission for one of their humvees okay before the sofa agreement i just had to order it class nine and it'll come in in a week when the sofa agreement went to a new sofa agreement went to effect i couldn't do that so when they asked me for things and i couldn't get it as fast they didn't want to have meetings with us anymore they didn't want to talk to us anymore because we couldn't help them okay okay so so that's basically if you can't if we couldn't give them anything they didn't want to see us Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely as well. Mm-hmm. And, and for the real talk with AJ podcast, SOFA stands for Status of Forces Agreement. Yes. That that's an agreement that the United States has with the host nation that covers punishment, financial agreements, uh, trade agreements, things of that nature. And if a class nine, we're talking about repair parts, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, repair parts for your vehicles, for your for your weapons and things of that nature so just just to enlighten the real talk podcast with aj folks out there so being fellow veterans i know one of your passions is is veteran awareness because i see you always reaching out to folks on facebook veterans checking in so just just kind of elaborate and get an audience uh, on your veterans uh, on your veterans awareness perspective and uh, where you see uh, the care and and treatment for veterans uh, now and how you hope it would think how you hope it would be in the future so for me as you as as you know you know when you're in the army everything's is accessible to you mm-hmm. medical benefits dental everything's accessible mental health if you want to go talk to somebody the chaplain everything's accessible but once you retire you're not it's not accessible no more okay so that's Perfect. why maybe twice a month I'll post on Facebook mental health check-in because even though we retired, we, I, I can only speak for myself, but I still have thoughts in my head on what I did downrange. When I say downrange, that means when I was deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan, or you still have issues with expressing what's going on with you, or you don't know how to express it. And sometimes the only person you could talk to is another veteran. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's basically my thing, you know, um, just try to reach out and and maybe and and the best part is when I put those posts on my Facebook page, every time I do it, somebody inbox me and say, I appreciate you doing that because I had a bad day mm-hmm. or can I call you because I just need to vent or just anything, you know, because when we try to call the VA hospital and get an appointment, they're always booked. You got to wait two months or a month to get an appointment. So it's real big to me. It's, it's now it's, it's very important to me to reach out to other veterans and just stay, stay communicated with each other and talk to each other and be, be that support for one another. Because we, if you've been in the army, you did over 20 years in the military, you're institutionalized to one thing. You might not know it, but you are the way you live, you're a creature of habit, the way you wake up every morning, you do the same thing every day. But then if you're going through something, how are you going to express that? So I just try to be that, that, that ear if somebody want to express it, but it's very important. Mental health is very important to me. Um, and I'm very transparent when it comes to it. 
I have no problem with, with talking about what's going on with me or if somebody want to talk to me, I listen. I just okay. sit and listen. Right. Very important. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. What type of um, improvements do you think we, we need inside the Veterans Affairs Department? Or, or you know, if, if, if you was in charge of the VA for a day or a week or whatever, what would be your top three priorities? Staffing. They need to hire more, more professionals, more doctors, more nurses. They need to hire more um, availability of the doctors. Okay, good point. You know? uh, and also, I really don't like the communication you we have with the VA. You'll call them, and they're supposed to call you back seven two hours. Then they don't. So communication piece. That's what I would change. Hire hire more qualified individuals. Okay. Um the the communication from the from the patient to the doctor. And um what was the last one I just said? I can't remember that. It slipped my mind. I think you said communication with the VA or Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. It just have to be more well rounded. Uh-huh. Because now that we're retired, if I make an appointment now to go see my doctor for a dental or whatever, it take a month just to go get seen. Right. Yeah. Then when you know, when a veteran go to the emergency room, you sitting in the emergency room for six to eight hours. Then they send you home and say the doctor call you in three days. Then they don't. Mm. That's that's how it is in Fort Hood, Texas. So it's how bad. Far? How far is in, uh, or how far or how close is the nearest VA facility in, in Fort Hood, Colleen, Texas area? Um, well, the VA hospital is in Temple. It's maybe 20 minutes, okay. 20, 30 minutes. But, the you know, they have a hospital in Fort Hood. They have different clinics around the area of Fort Hood that see veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, so but it but most veterans want to go to the VA hospital. They're not going to go to the civilian hospital. They're going to go to the VA hospital. It takes you forever to get in there. But it's, oh, yeah. it's painful. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know. I, I think I'm blessed being here in North Las Vegas. The VA is just five minutes away, the hospital. Mm. I mean, they're, they're fairly uh, consistent with, with, with seeing you within a reasonable amount of uh, all VA facilities, hospitals, and I've built the same. But I, but I do appreciate uh, your comments and uh, what you would improve. And if you had advice for uh, for the civilian out there that's, that's coming to the military or, or on the fence, what, what type of advice would you give that person? For someone that's thinking about coming into the military? Right. I would say personally, get advice from somebody that's retired from the military mm-hmm. and take them with you when you go see a recruiter. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Not saying the recruiters are doing a bad thing. They're, they're doing their job. But you're... A, a civilian coming into the military going to see a recruiter, you're not going to understand what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. And you want to pick a job depending on your scores that's going to benefit you when you decide to exit the military. Okay. You know, so you just get some advice, read up on what you want to do and take your time. Don't rush to sign a paperwork to come to the military. Make the recruiter do his job and sh- show you, all right, What's what's your goals? What are you good at? These jobs can fit 
your your avenue on where you're trying to go. Okay, good stuff, good advice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, very, very solid. Okay, I appreciate that. So for all y'all out there listening, if you're on the fence, I hope y'all you know, take heed to uh, what Brother McGee just, just put out there. And if you got questions, link up with a veteran, retiree, go to that recruiter's office together, and don't go in there thinking you know everything or yeah. you know or, or get or get swindled out of some some bonus money or some benefits. Exactly. You know, and benefits. if you have any any college, any college credit hours, that can be put in your contract. Mm-hmm. All that's credible. Mm-hmm. All yeah. that stuff can yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to shift topics here on the Real Talk with AJ Podcast. We're going to go into some sports, but first we're going to talk about a little uh, political uh, item of interest. Everybody's uh, well aware of BG's situation, Brittany Griner. Uh, she was Ill- illegally detained, as some folks would say, or detained. Uh, she, she was in a foreign country in Russia, we know, in prison for a cannabis vape, and now she's back home. Thank God, blessed, back to be in the United States. But I wanted to get the uh, Savory Soldiers uh, perspective on, on the BG Brittany Griner situation. Like I said, this is non-retributional, sir, so you know, feel free to speak your mind. And, oh, uh, definitely. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, go ahead and let us have it. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on the, on the BG Brittany Griner situation? Start to, start to repatriation. Okay. So I'm a little different with this situation. I'm, I'm happy she's home. I'm happy she's with her family, right? I was just having this conversation last night when I was out with my cousins. My thing is this, what I've noticed throughout my time in the military, as Americans, we are very um, cocky when it comes to other countries. Mm-hmm. We're very selfish. You know, we're, we, we will go to another country and expect for that, the, that country to adapt us. We have to adapt their way of living. We have to learn their laws, their rules and regulations. So with that being said, my thing is this. If you're in another country, you should know their laws. You should read up on what they accept and don't accept, what's illegal and what's legal. My thing is this. I I think she's done it before. It's just she got caught that time. Mm -hmm. That's my thing. You just got caught. Right. Number and. The thing is this, we can say, oh, that's too much time for a vape pen. To us it is, but to them it's not because it's illegal in that country. So we can't say, oh, that's a lot of time for a person that had a vape pen when over there they might not have vape pens. We don't know their laws, but she was over there playing basketball numerous times, so she should have known that. So as a grown person, if you choose to do certain things, you got to take what comes with that. Do I want, I don't want her to be in jail for 10 months in Russia. No, but I don't want that. But you're in a, you're, you're a guest in their country. You got to buy by their, their rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. She put herself in that situation. Mm-hmm. That's just my view on it. You know, I've been to plenty of countries and before I go, you get a brief on it or you read what you can and can't do. That's up to you to read that stuff and understand. And if you didn't do it, that's your fault. Right. Right. That's, that's, that's just my outlook on it. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think she was illegally detained or legally detained? What are your thoughts? And again, we don't know their laws. 
what's illegal to them might be legal to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So common sense, if you're going through TSA at the airport you and your check and your carry on, you can't have lighters. You can't have vape pens. You can't have that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's in that's in the U.S. You can't have it. So what makes you think you can have it in a foreign country? This is true. You know, I kind of felt like uh, she was set up. I mean, she she does. Like you said, I don't believe it was the first time she did it. I know when I get called, it, <laughs> nine times out of ten, it ain't the first time I didn't did it. You know, what it I'm ain't saying? the first time exactly. <laughs> and again, she could have been set up. She could have yeah. been set up. It it, it could have been a, a way for Russia to get what they want from us because the former president didn't want to give this person up. Mm-hmm. It could have, but we don't know. You right, know? right. All I know is, as a grown person in a foreign country, you you made that decision. You got to live with that consequence. Yeah, it definitely is a hard pill to swallow for sure. I mean, I definitely yes. had my back against the wall in some situations mm-hmm. domestically and internationally. And mm-hmm. I know I didn't know or my bad. That that's that's not a valid reason. That's not me. a valid reason. Yeah, and you know, it took me a long time to understand. Just because you do something bad doesn't make you a bad person. I actually no, no. Bad. And uh, I I kind of felt like. Um, she shouldn't have been held for that long. But like you said, it, it's a war going on, Russia, Ukraine, you know, mm-hmm. supplying Ukraine with weapons and yep. stuff like that. So it's just a whole bunch of mess um, that, that all uh, transpired with her uh, being caught at the airport and uh, that type of stuff. But what do, what do you think about that trade for the, for the merchant of death, Victor Boot? No, I wouldn't have did it. Oh, you wouldn't have did that? Why not? Share it share with, the, with the audience. No, he's a known arms dealer that want to kill Americans, mm-hmm. right? So just think about as a, as a veteran, right? I'm, I'm thinking as a veteran. Mm-hmm. As, as a veteran, you're willing to give up a guy who's known for killing Americans, arms right. dealer, a smuggler. You want to mm-hmm. give him back to his country. Mm-hmm. Who's to say, well, he, what, what will he do 10, 10, 10 years from now? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have did it personally. I don't know. I wouldn't have did it. I would have had to come up with another way to get her home. We would have went, I would have had to come up with a better way, but you can't give up a guy who's been known to kill America. Yeah. It's definitely a tough, tough uh, situation. And someone once told me that, uh, you know, it's a good negotiation when both sides feel like they got screwed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, but you know, did we get screwed over? Did the Russians get screwed over? I mean, it's you know, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm happy she's home. Yes. Uh, yes. Every every American doesn't need to be detained. No. Uh, for whatever reason, bring them home. Well, that's trying in our judicial system because uh, you know we got good brothers and sisters, all colors, all ethnic groups here detained for yep. marijuana, depending on what you depending on what state you live and you know what city, county, etc. And I just feel like. Uh, it was tough. I mean, uh, I, I hope uh, it's it's a wake up call, like you said, to everybody else who's traveling around the world. Uh, maybe this guy Victor Boot, Lord willing, he's gonna have a change of heart, but and stop killing folks. But we know that's highly unlikely. And yes. uh, you know, I'm pretty uh, certain, fairly certain, that's why old Putin want him home to get him back mm-hmm. into the mix and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough, and there's going to be a lot of stories and feelings to uh, 
come out about this. But like I said, I'm happy she's home. And uh, I do appreciate you sharing your thoughts about that. And, uh, yeah, it's tough. And uh, and hopefully she will uh, definitely count her blessings and, and, and reflect on the situation as we all do when, mm-hmm. I, when, when we were caught short and our backs up against the wall. So I'm a, so I'm gonna ask you one I'm gonna ask you one question if that's possible. Oh yeah, go ahead, sir. So let's say this happens again, right? Another athlete or celebrity is in Africa mm-hmm. or Australia or Iceland, and they come back and they got something illegal in their check bag. Mm-hmm. Are is are we gonna make another trade again, or or what what? What are we telling these other countries? Oh, if we get if we detain one of the Americans, you're going to give us something. Yeah, I mean that's a great question. I think, like you said, it's all about education and knowledge. And mm-hmm. people shouldn't athletes, famous people, regular folks like me and you, you know, people shouldn't use that this this situation to be a get out of jail free card by going out there doing exactly by doing something that you know is going to have. Uh, consequences and repercussions uh, I do feel like if if it was myself and I do something illegal in a foreign country and they detain me I will hope that the State Department of the country would do everything uh, to get me out with uh-huh. reason uh, but I, it would be unfair for me to, to bring up the Brittany Griner situation because then you'd be comparing apples and oranges mm-hmm. and then you would know hey you know she just got caught short so why are you out here doing uh, something stupid like that um, would I expect them to trade uh, a mass murderer uh, just because they did it for Brittany Griner? Uh, I think every situation is different. And I would hope that I would be smart enough not to put myself in that situation or anybody else, knowing that I could be locked up in a foreign jail and then I want to start crying about Brittany Griner, you know? That would just cause more problems domestically, politically, culturally, and, and everything else. So people, you know, People, to include myself, we just have to be smart and don't think that uh, we're going to get the same uh, mm-hmm. treatment or, or, or the same energy to, to, to get us released. And yes, I, I, I wouldn't use that situation knowing, OK, if I get caught, they're just going to bring me home and they're going to do whatever it takes. No, nah, I'm not thinking like that. No, no, I'm not thinking like that. But we, we have to understand when we go into these other countries, we are there. We are a guest. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like when I was in a first sergeant in Germany, I used to tell my soldiers, if you are not here trying to learn a little German, your something is wrong. But we want the Europeans to learn English. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to learn German or or French. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be fluent, but learn something. Show them that you're trying to learn their culture and you appreciate their culture. Because when they come to the States, you want them to do that for us. Absolutely, yeah. You have to you know, assimilate. And you have, you to, have uh, to, and you have to be culturally aware of your environment. Exactly. And yep. uh, not going over thinking that you're still in North Las Vegas or you're still in Shreveport, Louisiana. No, yeah. you you paid your money, you jumped your butt on a plane to go somewhere. So you need to be as best prepared as possible and be able to uh, acclimate yourself not only to the climate but to the culture. Yes. To the language, to the law. <laughs> exactly. It don't, it don't, exactly. It don't go over there. So, but like I said, I, I'm not pointing fingers at BG. Like I said, I, I would just hope I would be smart and not thinking that. Yeah. Uh, and I hope everybody out there don't think that uh, it, 
every situation is going to be the same, and uh, yeah. you're going to get you're going to get a a, a prisoner swap like that, mm-hmm. a mass murderer for a professional basketball player. So, like I said, I'm happy she's home. Yes, and uh, I think we did the right thing. Like I said, it, it, it's never going to be perfect. Never going to be a hundred percent. Like I said, we both uh, had to compensate. I had to, you know, say people probably gonna get set, but maybe they did get the better deal because they got their former KGB agent weapons, uh-huh. you know, weapons dealers. Or it, it could be construed like that. But uh, yeah, all right, BG, be safe. You know, be safe, be safe, be smart. Uh, yesterday, folks, we had a chance to go check out the Las Vegas Raiders here, and uh, versus the New England Patriots. Man, that 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 was a crazy game. Will you say, sir? Great game, great game. <laughs> that was that was first. I want to say thank you because that was my first NFL game I ever went to. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate that. Oh, you're uh, very well, sir. Great game. That last play, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, who will do that? You know, that's <laughs> that was look. That was I can't even I can't even say it. That was crazy. But it was a good game. It was a good game. Very good game. Yeah, I can tell you. I, I hope I didn't shock you when I when I when I, when I graduated. I, I was in shock myself. With no, no, no. Took oh, that no. Pass. <laughs> I no, I was I was shocked, and that's not even my team. That I was just looking like, whoa, did this just happen? <laughs> and you can't press re- rewind because you live, right? So yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> let me see, let me see that again. Yeah, yeah that just happened. Yeah, yeah, but your your Detroit Lions did they thing, you know? They went up in the cold, yeah. Meadowlands, and won. They seven and seven. I know you feel yeah. good. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for them. You know, I've been a Lions fan since I was born. So, um, they they I've I've have I have more dis- disappointed years than good years. Even though they're seven and seven, I'm happy for them. I just want them to keep pushing and and don't get off the gas pedal. Right, right. You know, don't. Get off the gas pedal and go as bet, and then next next year we can grow from it. But I'm happy for him. Okay, Very happy. yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on the state of the, the current NFL, the the teams? You know, if the playoffs would have started today, uh, Ooh, that's tough, man. I don't. You know, usually every year you you can see all oh, that team's gonna go because I I guarantee you when the season started, people thought the Rams was gonna go back. Mm-hmm. Or the Bengals, or t- or the Buccaneers, or 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 Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You know these good teams that have been good every year. But if you look at this year, look at Jacksonville, look at the Lions, look at you got teams that's never in the talks that's doing mm-hmm. good, right? Mm-hmm. And like Philly, Philly thir- they thirteen and one. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl. Oh really? Why is that, sir? I think. Anybody like like just like you know, sir. Anybody can win on a Sunday, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when they get into them playoffs, veterans show up. Mm-hmm. Philly is young. Okay, good point. Good point. Their, their wide receivers is young. The quarterback is young. The only good thing I like about Philly's quarterback is he's smart, and he, he and when he left Alabama to go to Oklahoma, he been through some stuff, so mm-hmm. he understands how to focus and play the game. Mm-hmm. So I I hope they can do it. It really depends on who they play. Okay. You know, if they play Buffalo, it's going to be tough for them. Mm-hmm. Buffalo can run the ball. They got a good defense. And they got some good wide receivers over there. Okay, yeah. You know, 
I think they can beat Kansas City. In the Super Bowl? I, yeah, I think Philly can beat Kansas City. But I don't think Philly can beat Buffalo. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I know I know yesterday I spoken into existence mm-hmm. while we was at Allegiant Stadium that the the Lions are gonna make the playoffs. So if you okay, take them out. So the NFC, who 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 are your other six playoff teams right now? Um, of course Philly. Okay. Philly, Minnesota. I hate to say it, but Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Then you have San Francisco. Right. And I'm sorry, Cowboy fans, but the Cowgirls is in there. <laughs> so that's five with Detroit. So Tampa Bay. Okay, Tampa Bay. See. Tampa Bay is going to sneak in there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I would love to be in there, of course. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think Seattle. I think Seattle might sneak in there. Might. Depends on how they play the rest of the season. But, yeah. I think I'm missing the team, though. Yeah, because I, I, I put Detroit in there, so... Oh, you okay. So you have to just pick six more teams. Uh, for the NFC or AFC? For the NFC. It's tough. The top four teams is already in there. Right. Right, so when you go... Dallas is going to be in the... That's the fifth team. Okay. Dallas is the fifth team. Okay. And I want to say the Lions. I hope my Lions squeeze it out. I hope they do. But history tells me... The Lions will always mess something up. So, so what about the G Man or Washington? No, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think either of them gonna make it. Okay, okay. No, I don't. I don't. I, that's why I said Seattle. Okay. Yeah. I I think Seattle, if they're playing at home, uh-huh. it's hard. It's hard to win in Washington. Okay. But I don't think, for some reason, the NFC East they're gonna cancel each other out because at yeah. the end of the year they play each other two more times or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, the the G man might make it, mm-hmm. but I don't think Washington will. And, and who you got coming out of the NFC? Um, for to the Super Bowl? Yeah, San Francisco. All right, okay. The Bay Area fans, they gonna yeah, love San- that. We're oh. listening in out there. And I'm gonna tell you why. If you okay. if you look at the way their team is structured, they're mm-hmm. winning with the third different quarterback. That's true. I can't remember another team that ever did that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they definitely they definitely way down on the depth chart all down. Right. Rock, so Rock that means exactly. So that means they have a system in place that you could put anybody there and they're gonna win. That's a great point. Right. That's a they, great point. They have a system. Mm-hmm. It's not the player. It's just like with uh New England back in the day. They have mm-hmm. a system. Mm-hmm. You can plug anybody in there. When Tom Brady was hurt, they put Garoppolo in there, they still was winning. Matt yeah. Castle in there, they still was winning. Yeah, boy, you brought up an old name, Matt Castle. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? yeah I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. It's the system. Mm-hmm. And Purdy, he's not doing anything spectacular. He's doing he's throwing the ball twenty five times a game and mm-hmm. they're running fifty times a game. Mm. And he's not turning the ball over. He's not making dumb decisions. That's true. He's That's playing true. off the defense. That's true. Protect the rock. Don't but, turn but, it over. All you have to do. So I I really think San Francisco is going to go to Super Bowl. Along if they can stay healthy, mm-hmm. if they get Debo Samuel's back, mm-hmm. they're going to go to Super Bowl. All right, AFC. Who who are your seven playoff teams? In the Ooh, AFC? now that's tough. I don't know if we got enough time for AFC. That's tough. <laughs> Would you give me your seven, sir? You know that's you tough. Know. <laughs> so of course, um, Buffalo, Kansas okay. City. Okay. I want to say Jacksonville is going to win their division. 
Okay, that's three. Four more. Um, what we got? That was we, we said AFC North, the AFC South. Mm-hmm. I think Miami. Well, Miami in the East. The East. That's Miami. Yeah. Okay. Buffalo's going to win that division, but mm-hmm. my but Miami's going to get in the playoffs too. Okay, that's four. Yeah. The AFC West. That's the horrible conference right now. But you got KC in there. You don't think the Chargers going to make it, or even my Ravens? No, I don't, do I don't think the Chargers going to do anything. Kansas City's going to be there. Not the AFC West. That's what's the the Raiders division? That's the West, right? Yeah, that's the West. You got KC, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. That's that's, yes, four teams. Yeah, that's four division winners right there. So we need three more. That's tough. That's tough because the AFC is good. Yeah, I mean, well, even though Tennessee lost, they still a good team. Okay, they still. What about Baltimore? You ain't counting them. That'll be five teams. Because I, I personally think Lamar Jackson not going to play the rest of the year. Okay. I think he's not going to play because they haven't paid him. Okay. He he got him that far. He's mm-hmm. injured, but mm-hmm. he's not hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he's going to play the rest of the year. So that count them out. They're, I think Baltimore is out of it. If they get in the playoffs, it'll be a wild card, but I don't think they're going to go that far. All right. So you gave me four teams so far. We got Buffalo, Miami, yeah. Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. Who the other three? Um, Tennessee. Okay, that's five. Need two more. I got a brain fart right now. <laughs> I can throw some name out there. Jets, Chargers. No. No. no? Okay. No. Okay, let me look at these standards right quick. I think the Jets can make it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if their quarterback, either quarterback, and this, okay, this is going to sound real crazy. If they put Joe Flacco in, I think they might have a chance in the playoff. Well, Baltimore 9-5 right now, so they, they are in the playoff picture. Yeah, they're, but they're, they're – they're not going to win that first game. Yeah, I'm talking about just whoever make the playoff. We got five teams so far. Yeah. Said, I say Baltimore and the Chargers, right? We know if the playoffs started today, Chargers they would be in, they would yeah. be in there. You know, that, that would be a 17. I'm not trying to persuade yeah. you either way. but uh, No, I don't. Uh, I mean, it's three, I don't games, it's three games left in the season. Okay, with all that being said, so who you got coming out of AFC? That's a tough one. I don't know. Because since the Bengals playing good, Buffalo playing good, Kansas City playing good. Mm-hmm. And Miami, I would not put nothing past Miami. Them wide receivers mm-hmm. is fast. Mm-hmm. And their defense is good. So if I had to pick a team to come out, I would probably say if Buffalo have home field advantage, I say Buffalo. Okay, so we got San Francisco and Buffalo, yeah. SoFi Stadium. Yeah. Who, who, who you got Super Bowl champion? San Francisco We're, by seven talking. points. Okay, real talk with AJ podcast. We got Sam, you know, Chef McGee say you got San Francisco against Buffalo, San Francisco by seven. Okay, I that's that. if that's if Debo Samuels is back. Uh, okay, well, you made your pick, sir. I mean, yeah, I did. With I gotta live with it. I gotta live with it. Yeah, <laughs> I would say San Francisco. You know, if it was a fifth, we all be drunk, but uh, exactly, I got you. I got you. you San Francisco got too many weapons, too many yeah. weapons. Yeah, this is, you know, friendly prognostication going on. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So now transferring, I mean, transitioning over to some near dear you are. We're going to chop it up for a few minutes about this college football playoff. You already know what I'm about to say. So I'm going to ask you this. You know, me being an Alabama fan, I I don't think they deserve to be in there. Uh, They had two losses. Uh, Probably should have had a couple more. Uh, I just don't – see how Ohio State got blowed out 
and, and the guy back in there. What, what what would be your top four? You agree with the top four now, or would you change it? How how stay wouldn't be in there. I would have put uh well, first off, go blue. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Michigan man, Michigan guy. Uh-huh. So I am happy. My Wolverines is in the playoffs. Okay. Um, but I would have put it's tough because they also only lost one game. Mm-hmm. So and they lost to Michigan. And it's the last game of the year. We don't play. We don't play another game after that. So the SEC had another game after us that next week. Well, so the so, Big Ten, Big Ten, a Big Ten championship game. It's like once Michigan and Michigan State, Michigan and Ohio State play, it's the championship game. Right, but they was playing for the they was playing championship. For the but once was, the SEC played that weekend, y'all have another SEC game, not a championship game. Yeah, we got a championship game. Come on, that bro. that that next weekend. Yeah, we played on the same weekend. Michigan played Purdue in the Big Ten Championship, and Georgia oh, played LSU. I thought that was. I would. Yes. I would like to see tennis. I would like to see Tennessee in there, mm-hmm. but Tennessee would have got drugged by Georgia, and I think the committee knew that. Okay, so what be what I be think your top four? Of course, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and maybe USC. Ooh, USC got skull drugged by the same it, team. They did, <laughs> but they only that, that was one game they lost, right? I think it was no, one they game. lost two. They, they lost, lost two. Yeah, they lost to Utah. So the only like other that. team that lost one game that was in the top six was Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ohio State. Everybody else lost two games. Okay. So okay. you had to put Ohio State in there. I didn't want them to be in there. Of course, I don't like them. I don't even mm-hmm. like going through the state of Ohio. But. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be. It's tough. It's tough, you know. And then I think at the doggone committee was. I honestly think they wanted somebody tried to find a way to put Alabama in there, but they just couldn't do it. There's yeah. no way you could have did it. Yeah, my heartburn was the fact that TCU lost in State Three, and I think they did that because they didn't want to give. They didn't want to punish Michigan by having by playing Ohio State right off the bat in the semifinal, and then they know deep down in their hearts, and nobody was really going to watch that Georgia-TCU game. Because for all intents and purposes, that's a home game Georgia. It's right there yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. They would probably open up a three-touchdown favorite. Yeah. Uh, so now they're going to get better TV ratings with Georgia and Ohio State making that the primetime game Yeah, on the, on the East. But then again, Georgia probably got punished. You know, here's your reward, Georgia. You finished number one in the country, and now you got to play one of the most talented teams in the country right off the bat. Right off the bat. In, in yeah. Ohio State. So it was uh, – it, it was a sticky situation. Maybe they want to try to get a all Big Ten championship game. You know, if I had to pick uh, with my with my heart, I would like to see Georgia. I mean, Michigan, Ohio State playing championship game, but I think it's going to be Michigan, uh, Georgia. Michigan, Georgia. I mean, TCU. They're a nice story, but I think Michigan's going to wear them down in the second half. And I don't think Ohio State has the uh, physicality to play sixty minutes of football with Georgia. Could be wrong. We'll see. What, what are your predictions? I think the only reason they put TCU in the playoffs because they they lost in a championship game. Mm-hmm. If they would have lost to Kansas and it wasn't a championship game, they probably wouldn't have been in there. Mm-hmm. Because of the championship game, okay, they they lost in a championship, but they still was was great throughout the season. Yeah, like I said, I don't have any problem with them being in there. It's the fact that they yeah. lost and stayed right where they at. Usually, you lose, yeah. you got you got to you got to go down. Yeah, you got to go down yeah. to four, but I think the. And then I think the committee saw that, but they said it that didn't factor. But come on, we know money TV. Yeah, all that talk. Money's so, TV, so you yeah. know Ohio State and Georgia gonna bring some big money. Yeah, uh, Michigan and TCU. That's that's why we're the afternoon game. Mm-hmm. But um, Michigan got a big following, a lot of alumni. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I've never really paid attention to TCU that much, but um, my prediction is, is Michigan and Georgia. Mm-hmm. It, Michigan by three. All right, all right. So you got San Francisco winning by seven in the Super Bowl, and you got Michigan winning by three out here in SoFi, three hours yep. to the west. So yeah, I hope, I hope it comes true for like I said, I don't want Georgia to be the only team that that repeats in the because they never had a repeat champion in the college football playoff era. So yeah. And you know Georgia fans, they they, they get a little obnoxious for me because, like I said, I don't I don't root for the SEC, I root for Alabama. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I root for Michigan all day. Yeah, that, that, that's a story for another day. So yeah, uh, hopefully somebody other than Georgia will uh, bring home the chip. Well, I appreciate your thoughts on the uh, on the playoffs there and, and, and throughout our time here on the podcast. So we're gonna get it wrap it up, sir. So I'm gonna turn it over to you to get some. Some partying comments out there about life. Any anything in general? Anything you want to plug, sir? The floor is yours. Okay. Uh, again, AJ, thanks for having me on uh, Real Talk with AJ. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me cater your event. The only thing I would like to say to the listeners is love on your family and be transparent when you're communicating with your family. Right? Times is hard. Uh, I remember growing up. The only people we saw pass away was the older folks in our family. It's not like that no more. Mm-hmm. People our age are passing away. So tomorrow is not given to you. And I used to say this all the time in the Army. When you wake up, you should, you should have a smile on your face because somebody didn't wake up last night. Mm-hmm. So when you wake up in the morning, you shouldn't be upset because somebody didn't wake up this morning. But you Absolutely. did. Absolutely. Right. So be happy. Be blessed. Be safe out here. And enjoy life, enjoy your kids, your family, your loved ones. Don't take anything for granted. It's free to say hello. You don't have to pay to say hello to anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Preach, free. Sir. preach. Yeah, that, right. That's free chicken. Just say hello to somebody. By you saying hello, that might brighten their day. Because you don't know what that other person is going through. So um, let's stop being mean to each other and just, you know, live life and, and enjoy and support each other. You know, it does, doesn't have to be financial. It doesn't have to be physical. Just support each other, you know. And that's about it. And I appreciate it. And go blue. All right. So I definitely appreciate that. And for the audience out there, I double down on, on Brother Kevin's uh, comments there. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas coming up. Uh, be safe out there. I hope you get uh, what you think you deserve. Or, you know, what folks take the time to go out and get for you. Just have fun with your family, eat, laugh, love, pray, smile. That, that'll be a complete day. Mm-hmm. Um, be safe out there. Once again, check out Brother McGee, SavorySoldier.com. He, he can come out and, and, and folks don't, don't have a big smile on their face with their belly full. And mm-hmm. The food food is awesome. And uh, like I always say, the best ability is availability. Mm. All right, y'all. Y'all been on with the Real Talk with AJ Podcast. Be safe. Merry Christmas, and we're going to talk soon after 2023. All right, y'all. Peace.